This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute in Houghton, New York. Ralph, happy President's Day, sir. I didn't get you a card this year. Hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, it is President's Day, but it's also winter break in New York. That means kids are on break for the entire week. It's been raised before, but a lot of folks wonder because they've got the spring break coming up as well a little bit. Why not just give the kids more time off in the summer, Ralph, instead of taking that week off in the bleak midwinter? What say you, good sir? Well, you know, you get me into trouble very often with some of your questions, and you're going to get me in big trouble if I ever suggested that we do away with uh, the winter break, which we're currently on. I mean, this is a tradition that goes way back. And if you talk to uh, school staff, you would not have a talking point very long with them because they love Hmm. the break in the winter. But, you know, in New York State, not all the schools take this week. Many of them take two weeks at Easter, which makes scheduling in some schools just a real problem. So this is a longstanding tradition. I don't think it's going to change in in uh, my lifetime, at least. Gotcha. And it is a, a basically a teacher preference. Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, the teachers earn it, and it's a lot different when you're in upstate New York versus the Bahamas or something yeah, during winter break. Uh, there's a huge debate in Pennsylvania about taxpayer dollars funding school voucher programs. Uh, what do you think of that, Ralph? Should these funds be off limits, or should the money follow the students since more students students are going this route. What do you say? Well, again, a really troubling question, but I know that a lot of people will not agree with me on this one, but I think the money should follow the students. And the reason I say that is because I believe that if you're providing the best educational program that you can provide in a public school, you don't have to worry about people going, uh, wanting to take their money in a school voucher. I have personal experience with that. I know it works. It's all about accountability for the program that you're offering. We've talked about these FAFSA forms and the delays and the headache that's caused. Ralph, uh, Governor Hochul made news last week. She wants to make it mandatory that high schoolers fill out the FAFSA form, uh, arguing that there's about $200 million left on the table every year. Do you support what the governor's doing here? Well, let me ask you a question here. Do you need a plumber or an electrician or a welder or a hairstylist? I didn't know if it was rhetorical or not. I didn't dare respond, and I would say yes to all those things. (laughs) Yes, you would, and so would I. So none of those people that have those skills, which are highly sought-after skills these days, need to worry about a FAFSA form. Anytime the governor or any governmental agency says, let's make this mandatory, I get really nervous. Mm. I think that guidance counselors in the area public schools 
do a good job of pushing students to uh, work on the FAFSA if that's something that they need to do, and I think they ought to leave it there. Gotcha. Not every kid was meant to go to college, and that is okay for sure. Right, absolutely. And then finally, back to Pennsylvania, Ralph, it's making available. I thought this was a really interesting story about college kids having kids. One and a half million dollars to help uh, these students cope with parenting as well as learning. I didn't realize that 20% of all Pennsylvania college kids are raising kids themselves. Is this a relatively recent phenomenon in higher education? No, it's not really. Back in 2011, there were uh, 4 million, this is nationwide, 4 million examples of this, and it's now up to 5 million where we have uh, young people that are in college who already have children, and uh, 70% of the people that are trying to raise children and go to college at the same time are mothers, most of them living in poverty. And uh, to try to get daycare and push that into their budget, it's very difficult. So Mm -hmm. what they do is they go out to work. 59% of them are in the workforce full-time, and 7% of them are even homeless while they're trying to raise a child and go to college. These are really motivated people, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this, and I support this if this encourages them to continue, because in these cases, a college education is what they really need. All right, just like that, our time is up, Uh, but uh, wonderful stuff. We've been a lot of places in the past five minutes. If you want more information about any of the topics you heard on the program today, Ralph, you have a wonderful website. What is that? Thank you, Bob. It's simply whyrun.org. Whyrun.org. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News Podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.